Well, good morning. I hope everyone has had a good week. Um, you know, last week we started this series on the basically the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I, I'm calling it endued with power from on high. And, you know, I call it the cheat codes of prayer. You know, we, we've talked about prayer over probably the last month and a half. I did a whole series on what prayer is. And prayer is the word in the Greek called prosutomai. And it is a compound word that basically says near wish. The, the compound word pros means near. And asutomai and if there's a Greek scholar ever listening to me, he's probably going to get really upset at this country boy from Alabama. But it's the closest thing I can say to it. But prosutomai means a near wish. It means that I need to, I need to see more than I need to pray. I need to see more than I need to speak. In fact, Jesus said that with lots of words... Do the hypocrites pray? With lots of words and, and out in the open, do you have the hypocrites and you have those people who are the, the Pharisees, the, the ones that they think that they're, they're all holy, right? Now, there's nothing wrong with using words to pray. In fact, using words to pray is very good. But do you know that I can say a lot of words that I never connect to? How many people have been speaking, and I've done it even up here. I've been sitting here and I'm talking to you guys and I'm, I've got my message and, and all of a sudden I see something in the back and I go, oh, next week I need to go and you know, change out that plug. I remember I need to do that. Oh, I, you know, oh, I keep hearing this little buzz. I'm going to go do this next week. You know, I can speak and I can think about 50 things. That's how awesome God made us was that we can do lots of stuff all at one time. Usually not very good, but we can do it, right? But what I want you to understand is that the word prosutomai means that we're supposed to have a near wish. It's a little bit like if I was to, if I was to long for someone. You know, we have family that's in Texas. I know I talked to my in-laws and they were like, oh, I long to see them again. We talk about the next time we're going to see them. Every single time we talk about the next time we're going to see Drew and Erica and the boys. I, Charlie, this morning, I heard him talking about Drew and Erica and the boys. Do you know that he was talking about great things that they're doing? But, you know, I hear in his voice that he has this longing, this wish, this he, he wants to connect with them. He wants to see the best for his grandchildren that are out in Texas. Do you know that that is what prayer is? You know, I can see the best for you or I can see the worst for you. You know, I, I could actually sit here and, you know, we, somebody come to me and, and I've seen this happen before. People go, hey, I'm having this problem in my life. And besides saying, hey, let's pray about it. Let's get the word on it. And let's move forward. What we do is we, we tend is, you know, we, we start, you know, spitballing. Well, you know, it could get way worse. You know, you got a leak in your basement. Oh, it could turn into black mold. I mean, that's the first time. I mean, you know, we've, we would talk to, um, I had... <laughs> Like a year or so ago, we had our basement flood. 
The first thing everybody said to me, oh, you want to get that up because it'll create black mold. So from, from that point on, I'm like, I got to get this up because it's going to create black mold. I never want, I mean, and then I'm like, okay, I got to get it out. But do you know that in that same vein, I can also see, okay, Lord, show me how to fix this issue so it doesn't happen again. So I don't get the black mold. And you know, that was where Heather and I went with that. And we've not had a problem since. Even some of these big rains. And you may be thinking, well, Dusty, that's very simple. Do you know that God wants you to pray about everything? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. You know, we need to sometimes go back to Matthew chapter 6 because it is pretty powerful. Because Solomon was arrayed in, in all these clothing, but not like the lilies of the field. And you may be going, Dusty, how does this have to do with anything with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you. The thing is, is that I can, I can near wish for you and I can pray for you every single day. And I can see the best for you. But sometimes I don't know what to pray for you. Sometimes I, I, in my own understanding, do not, I don't under, Brenda, I don't know how to pray for you most days. I, I would love to know everything that I can pray for you, but unless I called her up and talked to her every single day and said, hey, let's, let's talk, let's pray, let's get down to it. But you know what? The thing is, is that if I have the Holy Spirit and I pray in the Spirit, he knows he formed Brenda before the foundations of the world. He knew everything about her. I didn't need to call her up. I only needed to do one thing. I needed to get what God said about her on it. And last week we talked about this. That the cheat codes of prayer is that God knows more than I know. So if I got the controller and I go up, up, down, down, over, over, right, right, A, B, and I can, you know, win a, a football game on my Nintendo, well, you know what? All I got to do is I just got to get the Holy Spirit. I got to let him go and pray. And see, last week we were talking about this. I let the Holy Spirit go complain for me. You know, a complaint box is not a bad thing. You know, sometimes it's a good thing to go and complain to God. God, I see a problem in this situation for this person, but I don't know how to pray for them. Holy Spirit, show me how to pray for them, and I'm going to let you pray for me. You know, there's a reason why we hire consultants. I know Vicki over here, she deals in the tech field. I mean, how many consultants are out there? Thousands Hundreds of thousands of people out there that put, I'm an expert. Do you know that every time I want to go get something done in my company, I can go explain it every single time. Better than some of the people that are there that I could go hire. But do you know, sometimes you need somebody that's a third party that's, that has another objective opinion to come and say the same thing. See, the Holy Spirit, He is our comforter. He is our, he's our complainer. He goes to God and says, hey, you know what? We didn't go fix that plug. 
And that plug could be something that's going on in me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you know that God says, ah, let's go do that? Because he's given me authority. Me, you, we have authority in this earth. And without our authority, we don't get God because he gave us this authority. He gave us the authority to work in the earth. So he has to work with us in the earth. And so the Holy Spirit himself is sitting there going, hey, I've got a willing vessel, Dusty, that's willing to go pray about this situation. How can I get this situation taken care of through Dusty? Well, guess what? There's been plenty of times I've prayed in the Holy Spirit and I knew the answer. And I went and did what the Holy Spirit told me to do and it was more perfect than I could have ever imagined in my own imagination about that situation for that person. See, I want you to understand is that if you really, truly want the cheat codes of God, then you have to let God pray for you. There's just some times where you need to get God on it more than you can actually imagine. You know, some of you might not even be able to think straight enough about a situation. If I was to tell you about our economy, there's going to be people I talk to every single day. It's like, I can't see how we'll ever get out of this. Well, they, they're telling me straight up, that's not what I can, I'm able to take in. But you know what? If I get God's word on it, if I get him on it, if I have the Holy Spirit praying for me in this situation, then my economy doesn't become the world's economy. You know, I'm about to have Charlie. In fact, I want him to go ahead and come up. I'm, you know, I had mom come up and give a, give a testimony because in Revelation chapter 12 it says that, that that's, how we, that's how we overcome is by the blood of the lamb. It means that I'm a part of the new covenant and the word of our testimony. So I, gave, I had mom give a testimony about being baptized in the Holy Spirit about a year ago. But I want to talk about somebody that helped me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know somebody that helped me like a spiritual father because I told him this morning I didn't understand. Like when I first came into the church that we were at, I did not understand nor did I want anything else. But I had people like Charlie and Reba and I had Pastor Jim at the time and I had all these people that that was trying to help Heather. And it built an expectation on the inside of us. And I want you to understand from somebody who has a background that is a lot like everybody else's in here. I was just as much as a Baptist boy as everybody else. That's what I grew up as. But see, I want Charlie to tell his side of it because it's pretty awesome. Charlie, you got your microphone? Thank you, Pastor Dusty. Uh, I'll just take just a few little minutes just to kind of share my story of uh, receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior in my late teens. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I, I grew up in a moral, very moral home. And I always had a hunger for God in my heart. And I can remember praying prayers in my early into mid-teenage years. And I would pray, Dear God. That was how I approached the Father was, Dear God. And I would pray in what limited knowledge I had of praying 
you know, to the Father. Uh, but my heart was pure, and I, I wanted to know God. I just didn't know Him the way I should because I wasn't saved. But I did accept Christ, and then uh, uh, when I was 22, Remy and I married, and she was 20, and we had met in the Baptist church, and I had been saved in the Baptist church, and thank God for the Baptist. I mean, yeah. the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and all this stuff because they get more people saved than any denomination that I know of. You know, because, and for years, about all they ever taught was salvation sermons every Sunday, which didn't hurt me at all. But now they broadened out, especially in the larger ones, where they teach a lot of things about living and all these things, you know. But anyway, so long story short, I, um, I received baptism. I mean, I, I went to the church, got saved, uh, got married to my sweet wife of 47 years in May, this, the 23rd of this month. And we had Heather and my son Andrew in Texas. And anyway, uh, we, when I was 21, I was called to be a minister of music. And it was a glorious thing. I mean, it was just like almost being saved all over again because I knew in my heart that God had called me into the music ministry. And so I went to Sanford University for two years. Uh, Reba got pregnant. We, we planned a child, so, but we didn't realize how expensive it was. And I couldn't afford to finish going to Sanford University. So I, I did my schooling in, in like business and stuff. And eventually, later went back to UAB, became a respiratory therapist. But anyway... After we'd been married about two years, I was ministering music at a little Baptist church. And I, I heard about something called the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. And it was in Birmingham. And they had a women's sector of it called a GLOW, which women went to. And so Reba started going to a GLOW, and I started going to the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And uh, it's just a lot of businessmen. I, for nine years, I was in banking. So uh, that was when I was in business. And so I was a branch manager of a bank and uh uh, I met a lot of nice guys there, and some of them were older, and some of them were, I was pretty young, maybe about 24, 25 years old. But uh, they would have sometimes celebrities come in, and one of the celebrities was Pat Boone. He came in, he, those of you who are as old as me, you remember who Pat Boone was, but, you know, he did stuff in the 50s and early 60s and was a singer and uh, an actor and stuff. But anyway, and strangely enough, he was a Church of Christ, was brought up in the Church of Christ by his parents, and they were a little tightly knit, you know, group of people. But anyway, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a, in a church of Christ that actually became full gospel in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, so anyway, I started going, and I, I got, the, what Dusty was talking about last week, I got this anticipation in my heart. And I was, I was not, you know, I was a good Baptist boy, but the thing about it is people in denominational churches, some of them are just, I had mentioned this word to Dusty, nominal Christians, meaning they went to church on Sunday, they had accepted Christ, and they were saved, and they just had that little bit of God that they wanted, and they didn't want anything else. You know, they didn't want to be bogged down with having to go to church every time the doors were open or whatever, but I was one of those sold-out Baptist boys, and I was there every time the door was open. I had a position, so I, you know, probably a lot of the times I needed to be there, but anyway, so as I went to this Full Gospel Business Men's Fellowship, I began to get an anticipation, and I felt like there has to be something else. The whole time I was a Baptist boy, I was thinking, there's got to be something else, you know, but I don't know what it is, you know, you know. So anyway, I started having anticipation because they talked about the baptism with the Holy Spirit at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowships. Different speakers, uh, some of them were pastors of Assembly of God churches or some of them were leaders in, uh, in their business, like one of them was the president of a bank in Birmingham. Uh, and they would talk about their experience with the Holy Spirit. And so I began to have an anticipation, as Dusty had spoke about last week, that I wanted more, but I didn't, I wasn't quite sure about how to get it. Long story short, uh, 
I did not have people lay, on, lay hands on me, which is a real normal way for people to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, like if somebody came up today, Dustin, I might lay hands on them and just pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And if their heart is willing and they're ready, then they're going to receive the Holy Spirit. That's right. um, the evidence of that is speaking in tongues. But sometimes that doesn't, it's supposed to be the initial evidence. But in my opinion, I don't think that's always going to happen immediately. Sometimes it's a little bit down the road, you know, that you have the tongues. Because you think this is something's supposed to get on you and make you speak in tongues. You do the speaking. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Absolutely. He doesn't force you to do anything. Mm-hmm. He is a gentleman, and he, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, the Word says. And anyway, uh, so one of the services I went to, probably after a year and a half or almost two years of going there, they were on Friday night, and I'd go as often as I could. All of a sudden, it was ministry time, and I didn't come up forward. And they didn't always have people come forward, but sometimes they did. But all of a sudden, I just got this this anointing all over me. It was just like a hot oil was being poured all over my, my head and my arms. And it was just glorious, you know. And uh, I did begin to speak a few, initially speak a few mumbo-jumbo words to me. I thought, what in the world? You know, I knew what it was, but I didn't know how to receive it exactly. But I just sat there in the presence of God. And uh, when, when the experience was completed, I was so refreshed, you know. And I knew immediately thereafter that I had a deeper hunger for the things of God and the Word of God. And Jesus, I, think, I really feel like my heart that Jesus had already become Lord of my life. And He does in a lot of non-denominational church people. He's Lord of their life. Truly He yeah. is. But some of them, He's just Jesus or Savior. You know, and a lot of that, sometimes Dustin and I were talking before service, sometimes that's just the person. You might see a husband and wife that are married and they're both Christians, they've accepted Christ. But the husband or the wife, either way, they never become on fire, quote, for God. But the other one's just sold out for God and wants to be involved in anything God leads them to do or whatever. But it makes you so much more receptive to the Spirit of God. And as Jesse was speaking a minute ago, when you pray and when you're in a uh, clear prayer closet, you can pray. In in English, you can pray, but sometimes you just don't know what else to pray. You pray a little bit, you know, about... Whoever it is that's on your heart that the Lord's put on your heart. But then an unction will come on you and you'll just quietly and sometimes under your breath just begin praying in the Spirit. And it's like your mind lets go and your heart takes over. And you're just praying for this person. You may or may not know at some point in the future what it is you're praying for them about. You know, but you have a release in your your heart and your spirit that it's okay. God's going to take care of that. And you've done what you're supposed to do, Absolutely. you know. Uh, so anyway, we've had a glorious 47-year marriage. You know, our children are in the ministry. My son's a drummer for a very, very large uh, uh, church, uh, Pentecostal church in San Antonio, Texas. It's a Filipino church. And when they moved there, they went to all these different churches trying to find a church. Because he had been in the ministry that I was in for 35 years at Victory. And Heather and Dusty and my son Drew and probably seven or eight other people were on my ministry team in Anyway, listening to the Holy Spirit, in 2020 in January, we knew that Heather and Dusty were going to move down here. And we had already moved because we had a place in Meadowbrook that was a lot of stairs. And we wanted a one-level house because of our age. So in 2020, we had been living here since July of 19. All of a sudden, the Lord put on my heart. And see, this was when COVID was just starting, but it wasn't in play yet totally. The Lord put on my heart. 
Y'all are supposed to leave Victory Christian Fellowship. That summer in July of 2020, I have been the worship leader there for, 20, for 35 years. Okay. And the pastor was like my brother. I mean, we were just all very tight. All of us were very tight. And I thought... I thought, am I hearing right? You know, because I, 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 I didn't really want to be out of music ministry, but I knew I had to listen to the Holy Spirit. So anyway, the Lord began to tell Reba the same thing. And we shared with each other. And I said, when Dusty and Heather start this church, we're going to be a part of it. Are, are you in agreement with that? And she said, yes, I, I felt the same thing. And so I talked to my dear friend and, and pastor. And I told him, I said, Reba and I are going to be leaving the church. And it was kind of a detrimental time because COVID had already come in. We didn't leave until early July, right before the first service. And COVID had come in, and we were having video church instead of real church. And uh, there was a pool there, you know. And so I thought, goodness gracious, this is not a good time for me to be leaving these folks, you know. But anyway, needless to say, we followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit was abiding in us with such strength. We were in just total perfect unity. And I shared with Dusty about a year in ministry in this church. I said, I have never once, ever, ever regretted Leaving Victor Christian Fellowship. I never have regretted it one little ounce. I know that we are where God wants us to be. And when you have that strong power of the Holy Ghost within you, you will just have so much more strength in knowing exactly how to live your life, exactly how what steps to take, what moves to make in your life. And you'll you'll approach those things with anticipation. Just what Dusty was talking about. We were in such anticipation of this ministry starting. And you know what, from the very first service, uh, let's say I, I, I did the first service the week after I, re- I retired from there. And I had a finale service because they wouldn't have a church at the church anyway. I had a finale service in November of that year of 20. You know, I went back and led the worship and, you know, hoorah, 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 goodbye, goodbye, whatever. But everybody understood. You know, Heather and Dusty at the same time before the church started, they came there, the pastor invited them to come and minister that Sunday. And they ministered. And uh, the people just sent. Of course, they weren't. They had been gone for a couple of years in ministry at a different church. But um, the, the pastor and the people, the family of God there, all just wished them well as they were going down their step of having their own first church. But, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that Dusty is teaching about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a free gift of God. And, you know, when you receive Christ, you, you get the Holy Spirit just in, in, in portion. But the baptism is just, it's just an overflowing. It's like a little cup that's a fourth full. And then when you receive the baptism, that cup is overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And uh, you'll notice uh, an extreme difference in your life with more power. And it, it, the Word says that you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and into all the, wor- all the world. And that is so true because your light shines somewhat brighter, you know, once you've received it. But anyway, thanks so much for letting me sit. No, that's awesome. I appreciate that, um, Charlie. You know, one of the things that one of the things that I I loved about what Charlie just said there was that he didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with some sort of like fanfare, like, hey, somebody come up here and fifteen people laid their hands on it and he got it. Do you know that I prayed over I guess it was probably how many kids was in that that service that we had at Hargis? I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit over probably 400 kids. You know, I had several of the kids that said, I, I received it, but I didn't, I didn't speak. I didn't do anything like that. You know that later on that week, they said, yes, 
Yes, I, I did. It was last night. Do you know that, that this is the thing that I want you to understand is that a free gift is something that you use. A free gift is something that you use. See, if, if it was a strings attached type gift, then I'm going to use it all the time that the string is attached, right? But I can, I can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues one time, and then for the rest of my life, never do it again, and I'm still filled. Now you have to understand something. I didn't use the gift. I just feel like that... Feel like there's a, I feel like I'm still trying to pull back on a veil. You know, I'm trying to gather up all the, the veil and move it out of the way so that it makes sense to everybody. It's not going to make sense to everybody. I'm just going to tell you straight up. When I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence to speak in other tongues, it did not make sense. It made God. I'm going to tell you what, guys, if you don't get a hold of that, because it didn't make sense when you got saved. You believed in a man that lived 2,000 years ago that went and died on the cross. It doesn't make sense. It makes God. Because the Holy Spirit pulled at you when you got saved. Well, see, I started having a pulling for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just like Charlie just said, he said, I had an expectation. I started showing up at these meetings and man, things, I, I, I wanted it. I didn't have anybody lay hands on me. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to talk about the difference in laying on of hands and, and because I want you to understand that some people just have expectation and they just get it because they heard about it and they received it. Some people, they need help. They need hands laid on them. And guess what? Either way is fine. It doesn't matter. In fact, I'm going to tell you what. I was in this first boat right here. If you turn over to Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, this is where I was at. I was in Samara. I, I lit, if, as a Christian, I got saved probably when I was five or six years old. I got saved. I, I know I did. I prayed the prayer. But guess what? I believed in Jesus. And I believed in Jesus all the way up until I was 18 years old, and I still believe in Jesus today. But guess what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit was taught to me. And so it says right here in Acts chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Now, when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard uh, that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Verse 15 says, Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16 is this. This is where I was at, guys. This is where I lived. It says, For as yet... He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you know that I was, I was literally like, I, I thought, you know, God, why don't, why don't we have a better, you know, communication? I pray to you. I'm always trying to listen for you, but sometimes I just don't know, is that you? Is that me? 
How many people have been in a situation where you're like, is that you, is that me? I mean, if you, if you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I pray to God right now and sometimes go, God, is that you? Are you sure you want me to go start this church in Alabaster? I would just rather play guitar. You know, there's times where God is trying to talk to you. And you know what? People that are baptized in the Holy Spirit sometimes can help. That's one of the things about laying on the hands and anointing. You know, we get, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I think, I think our culture has created a problem that you almost have to explain away all the things that are, in the, that are like a, this Pentecostal idealisms that are out there where everybody's snake handling and drinking strychnine and everything else. But really, at the end of the day, what I want you to understand about this is that when he laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. I, I, could, I could take my water bottle right now and I could throw it at Dad in the back. And Dad could just let it hit the back wall. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? They received it. They, they caught it. I, I, I wanted it. See, the word received means, oh yeah, yeah, that's something I want. Throw it to me. How many people, I mean, played any kind of sports, maybe even in the backyard, and you're out there going, hey, throw it to me, throw it to me. I'm going to tell something on Matt since he's not here because he can't defend himself. <laughs> but Matt was playing baseball when, when he was a kid, and we're out in the backyard, and my Aunt Carol, she's sitting over here, she was like, she was like go out there and throw the baseball with him. So I would take the baseball, and we'd be about as far as from here to the coffee pot back there, and I would just, I would throw it. And he would be with his glove and he would go. And it hit the fence. And I, he would pick it up and he would throw it to me. And I'd be like, no, you got to stand in front of it. You got to catch it. You got to receive it. And he, I'd throw it. He'd step out of the way. So I'm sitting there going, huh? Because I'm just lobbing it to him. So, like, after three or four times, I'm like, Matt, you've got to catch it. And he goes, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it this time. So I said, you know what? I, I'm going to give it to him in a way he's got to catch it. And I mean, I reared back and I threw it as hard as I could. I mean, it was the most beautiful. I'm talking about it was perfect. It, it was that kind where you just saw it come out of your hand. And you thought, oh, this is going to be awesome, Right? Well, Matt, it was coming so fast, he could not move. And it was, the, it was the fight or flight. Well, he couldn't flight, so he had to fight. So he threw his hand up. It hit him in the pocket. And he goes, ah! And he throws the, the glove in the air. And he goes running to Carol. And I'm going, you caught it. You did it. You're, it's awesome. Well, the thing is, is that I caused him to receive when he didn't want to, okay? He was not, you know, you catch it in the pocket so it doesn't hit your hand. He caught it right here. But see, I think too often we receive and we get hit right in the forehead. Boom. And then we go, oh my gosh, that hurt. I don't want to play baseball no more. 
Do you know that, that that's what I think sometimes is that we've gotten to the point to where we've gotten into our Christianese or, or the things that people have taught us, you know, the, the well, you know, that, all that tongues is just that devil stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You better be careful because the Holy Spirit is in the Bible. And what I want you to understand is that there were people in your life, there's people in my life that I see that some of them are like, eh, I'm saved, I'm going to be good, I'm going to heaven. And just like Charlie was talking about nominal versus, you know, I want more. Well, then there's some people that's like, I, I just... I'm praying all that I know how to pray. I'm doing everything that I know how to do. And I don't know how to do any more. And I, I feel like that there's a barrier between me and God. I feel like that I'm not able to get through that barrier. Well, this right here is one way to be able to sort of take back the veil a little bit. Because now I don't have to say all the right things. I don't have to do all the right things. All I have to do is I have to get into the place of prayer and say, Holy Spirit, you say what you need to say. You do what you need to do. And so I want you to understand that sometimes the reception piece of it is I'm laying my hands on you for prayer. I'm laying my hands on you for baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm laying my hands on you because you're upset. You know, I had a family member this week. We were talking, and they got upset. By the way, uh, I, I reserve the right for anything. I won't use names, but I'm always going to maybe use uh, the, the high level maybe at some point in order to be able to make a point. So just know that I'm going to protect you, but I want you to understand that your life and our lives together create this beautiful tapestry. And sometimes people need to know, hey, this is, this is a connection that I can make. So this person was upset about something that had happened. Believe me, I, I understand. But do you know that the moment that I took their hand, the moment that I was able to connect there's something about connecting physically with people. I think sometimes guys, they don't want to connect as much, okay? I think that's why you find all these guys that they, they sometimes receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit sitting in a chair in the back corner, you know? But sometimes I think ladies, they receive it more because somebody is with them and touch is that anointing. Do you know that I can impart my feelings, my caring, everything about me, I can, I can impart it through a touch as much, if not more, than what I say to you. I have another family member that said, hey, one time you, you know, I was having a problem and you just got up and you just hugged me. Do you know that the hug was more important than anything I could have said to him? You know, I, I tend, and you can ask Heather this, you know that, that as I, I'm a fixer. <laughs> Heather tells me about a problem. I'm going to sit down and start trying to figure out a mathematical formula in order, let, let's fix this thing. 
Let's, let's try to fix it. Sometimes you can't fix it. Sometimes you just got to listen. Sometimes you got to hug it out, right? And see, the anointing is a part of that where I'm able to anoint with my peace. I'm able to anoint with, with my love. I'm able to anoint with the things because I just touched. And I said, you know what? It's going to be okay. Let's pray about this situation. See, laying on of hands is, is not something that is like, you know, it's a must. But I do believe that it is important, not just for this, not just for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I want you to understand that it's important in our lives to be able to impart unto people through touch. We lay hands on people so that we anoint them with the thing that we have that they need at that moment. In fact, I'm going to give you a, um, you know, I want to give you this one, this one scripture here, Mark 6, 13. You know, and it's talking about Jesus and, and they cast out, and Jesus and the disciples, and it says, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. You know, have you ever made a good salad dressing? How many people have made a good salad dressing? Okay, you can go get the ranch dressing, you know, the packet, and you can go put that in there. My daughter is like, amen, praise God. But you know what? Originally, salad dressing had nothing to do with ranch or any of these other things. It was just what? Oil and vinegar. You know, if you want to impart flavor, the best way to do that is through that oil. See, there's a reason why we anoint with oils because it's an impartation. It's the ability for us to, to have something that I can leave a mark with. And see, what I want you to understand is, is that, and I know this is these things right here, if you've never been a part of this before, or you've never heard any teaching like this before, I'm not even going to go into a full-blown teaching on an anointing. Y'all aren't ready for it, and I'm not ready to teach it yet. Okay? But what I want you to understand is, is that we anoint each other just by having that proximity, being able to lay hands on people. You know, I'm going to challenge everybody. When you pray for somebody, grab their hand. Give them a hug when you pray them. Because it is so much more powerful when you anoint people through touch. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about the anointing part of it. Because if I get too much further out here, like I said, I don't think y'all are ready for it. I'm not ready to teach it yet. But I want you to understand is that the separate infilling of the Holy Spirit is something that we see that is scriptural. People got saved and then there was this baptism of the Holy Spirit that came later. So we also see in uh, 1 Timothy 4, uh, 14 uh, and 15, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you which is given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. What I want you to understand is that, is that you want to have that laying on of hands experience with somebody who knows. You don't want to go find... You know, it's like somebody was telling me one time, you know, when I first was getting married, all the divorced people would show up and tell me why I shouldn't get married. 
Right? If you want a good marriage, don't go find the person that was divorced five times to go give you all the advice on why in the world that you should get you should or should not get married. Okay? The same thing is with the baptism of the Holy Spirit or if you're praying over a situation, go find the person, go find the people, and it's better when it sometimes is people that are believing the same way, that have the understanding, the knowledge, they've been there before. Don't go find the person that is over here that says, well, I've heard about it, but I don't, I don't know about that stuff. See, that's the problem that I think we have is that we end up finding out about things from people who have never experienced it. It's one of the reasons why I, I wanted so much for mom and for, and for Charlie to get up here and to give their experience because they were there just like, like everybody else is. And you may be saying, well, Dusty, I don't, I don't understand how this gift works. Well, guess what? I'm, you're not God, so you're not going to understand it all. That's a truth in all of Christianity, okay? I'm not saying something that's out of, out of bounds. There's not enough words to be able to fill up a book to be able to tell you everything that God knows, okay? Because if you thought that you needed to know everything there was to know about what God was wanting to do in your life before you would accept God, then guess what? You're never going to get saved. You're never going to have a good life. You're never going to get the things that God wants from you because sometimes He wants to reveal it to you as you're moving along. Do you know my baptism of the Holy Spirit experience was a... I mean, it was one Wednesday night, like, or no, it was a Sunday night in, in, the middle of a, in the middle of a service that was for the youth group. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a huge deal. There wasn't a, a minister from out of town that came in and got up on stage and I'm going to tell you all these great things. It was like, hey, I've been hearing about it. I've talked to a lot of people about it and I'm ready to do it. And I don't understand everything there is to know about it. Guess what? I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for 26 years now. And I still don't understand it all. But you know what? I don't understand how my air conditioner works either. But I still turn it on. See, that's what I want you to understand is that giving yourself the opportunity to go find the people who do know or that can help you find where the button is to turn it on. That's the best way that you can that you can find yourself in is turn off all the I got to knows. I just want this and I don't and I, I may not know everything. Okay. So a rule here, do not de neglect the gifts. You know, gifts are to be used. Remember I just said this a minute ago. Gifts are to be used. Don't neglect them. See, that's how you neglect a gift is you just don't use it. It's, it's, not, it's not a matter of I don't have the gift. It's a matter of I just I didn't use it. Just don't neglect it. I'm, I'm not going to go through this. I'm kind of getting to the end. But what I want you, 
I want to talk about my great 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 grandfather Cornelius. You know, growing up with a pawpaw that I had, good night. He told me all kinds of stuff. Cornelius was my grandfather. You know, he was like a long time ago. He also told me women have less ribs than men, too. So, I, you know, because of the Adam and Eve thing. So, let's just say this. I got lots of stories when I was a kid about things that I, I had to go back and find. I had to go find out for myself. But what I want you to understand about Cornelius is, is that Cornelius was a, a, he was a Roman soldier, had all these men under him, but he was also someone who believed God. He had heard about the Jewish God, and he wanted more. He wanted, he wanted to be around people that believed in the Jewish God. It just... The Holy Spirit was constantly tugging on him. And we all know that this was the, also the time where, you know, Peter had been sitting in Jerusalem going, well, you know, this is just for the Jews. Because he's sitting up on top of a, he's sitting up on top of the roof and it says he went into a trance. Now, I'm paraphrasing here, but he went into a trance and he, he got a vision from God and and this, it was almost like a sheet came down, had these four corners on it, and it had all these unclean animals. And the Lord says, kill and eat, Peter. He was like, not I. I've never, ever ate anything unclean. Well, guess what? God does, does this like three more times. So, you know, by the time the Roman soldier came to or the servant came to Peter, Peter was like dumbfounded. He was like, I don't even know what God's trying to do now. This is like completely crazy. But when the Roman soldier showed up and said, or, or the servant of, of Cornelius showed up, he said, hey, Cornelius would like to have an audience with you and talk to you about Jesus. Peter was like, okay, I guess I'll go do this. So he goes to Peter. Now I want you to understand that Cornelius, it was a three days journey. Cornelius sends his servant to go find Peter because God had sent an angel and said, hey, go find this dude named Peter. He's going to be in this place in Jerusalem. Go have him. So, so he goes and he, get, he sends his servants three days. Peter has to turn around and go three more days. So by the time that the angel came, there was six days that Cornelius was just worked himself up into a froth. How many people's like beat an egg white? You know, you get that thing and it's like stiff peaks and it's, woo, it doesn't even look like it did before. That was where Cornelius was at. Cornelius was so worked up about this and he had six days to just sit there and go, God, you gave me this word. You told me about all this and I want this. I, whatever you have for me, whatever this guy's got to say, I want it. I think I just changed my, my thing here. But anyway, it says, it says here in Acts chapter 10 and it says, the following day, they, Peter and 
and the servant entered into Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, all frothed up, just, I'm ready. And he called together his relatives and close friends. Verse 25 says, As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell, fell down at his feet and worshipped him. This was such an expectation. He thought, I bet, I, I bet Cornelius was so worked up, he thought that this man was going to be the Messiah himself. That was how worked up he was. This man is going to give me salvation. This man is going to create a completely new dynamic in my life. And it says here in uh, Acts 10, 43, it says to him, so Peter rebuked him and and he said, no, I'm just a man. Get up. And so then it says here in verse 43, we drop down a couple of verses. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, Jesus, uh, whomever believes in him will receive the remissions of sins. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those that heard. There was so much expectation that Peter barely barely got into, hey, this guy named Jesus, he's going to take away your sin. And then all of a sudden it just broke out into a Holy Ghost party. And you're sitting there going, what in the world just happened? In fact, it says here, it says here in, um, in all of those, uh, all of those who the circumcision who believed were astonished So all the people who were Jewish, as many as that came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak in tongues and magnified God. And so Peter himself was just sitting there going, man, I don't understand this. But now I do understand the vision. All these unclean Gentiles get to be a part of what, we're, of what we partake in. Do you see that, that our expectation plays a huge part in what we get from God? In fact, I may actually teach on expectation here in the next couple weeks, but I just want you to understand that if you don't have an expectation from God for anything else, then you can be saved and, and you can just go on to be glory. And there's plenty of people out there, just like Charlie was talking about this, like, hey, that's all I really want. And you know what? God's not upset. God's not upset. He's not mad. But see, God wants you to understand that if he provides a gift, then he wants you to know about it and he wants you to be able to use that gift. But see, the moment they believed, they were filled. Now, I want to show you, I want you to think about something, and I'm about to close right here. We'll come back to this next week. I know it's Mother's Day, but we'll also talk about the Holy Spirit on Mother's Day. How about that? But see, the moment that they believed they were filled, they just needed to know about Jesus. So this proves two things to me. You know, the whole fanfare about getting saved is, oh, well, you know, you've got to, publicly confess and and go down the 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 aisle and you got to do all this other stuff no 
I love what Andrew Womack said. He said he was in the middle of this like small town in Texas and he said he was preaching on, on being saved and, and that all you had to do is just, is just call upon the name of the Lord and you would be saved. And he said there's this drunk man. He comes staggering in the back and he comes sits in the middle of the, you know, sits down on the edge of, of one of the rows and, and he's just preaching this and all of a sudden uh, Andrew just says, if you just call upon the name of the Lord... You can be saved. And this guy goes, Jesus. And he's like, okay. Just Jesus. Just screamed it out in the middle of things. Well, then he just keeps pray, preaching. And all of a sudden the guy goes, Jesus. And then he screams it out a third time. Jesus. And, and Andrew's thinking, oh, we're going to have one heck of a, you know, of an altar call here in just a minute. I'm going to really build it up and we're going to have him come down and, oh, it's just going to be so awesome. And, you know, he's going to get saved in front of everybody. It's just going to bring about revival and it's going to be awesome. And so Andrew goes to close it out and he's just, you know, preaching his heart out. And all of a sudden he goes, and if anybody would like to get saved, you know, come to the front. And so Andrew's standing there and the guy's just standing there. And he's like, I'll say it again. Anybody that wants to come to the front and get saved, please do it now. And this guy is just staring staring, and he's like, and so Andrew finally says, well, it's been 15 minutes. I'm going to close it out. You've ever just stood up here for, for 15 minutes and like waited for somebody? I, I got news for you. I wouldn't have made it too. I, I'm sitting there going, somebody can come. Pray with me later, okay? But he he waited. Well, then he went and chased the guy down and grabbed a hold of him and said, said, why didn't you come up for the altar call? And he said, well, you said that if I just called upon the name of the Lord, then I'd be saved. I did it three times. Do you think he heard it all three times? <laughs> See, that's what I want you to understand is that this is not about what we do. This has nothing to do with... I'm going to create some sort of traditional thing that's up here and that, oh, well, you've got to come through and get down on your knees and then we pray a prayer and then you get back up and then we, we run you around and, and we do all this stuff before you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not the way it works. It has to do with your heart and His heart making a connection and that is how we do it. I can get saved sitting in the middle of a truck running down the interstate. I can get the baptism of the Holy Spirit listening to somebody who had talked about it and going, I want that. And I just receive it right then. See, this is more about your heart. See, sometimes people need the fanfare. I need to connect with you and I need something that I can, I can get a hold of. But see, you have to understand God is trying to meet you where you're at. Always and all times. And sometimes that means that I need help. Sometimes that means, hey, I got it the first time. And all I had to do was scream out Jesus. And see, that's where my great, 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 great. How many more? None more is what Heather says. Grandfather Cornelius, he was so ready that he didn't, he didn't need a sermon on it. He didn't need to know any more than Jesus 
him crucified, and I want to take it all. See, that's the heart that we should have towards God in every single area of our lives is that I, I just want all of Jesus. I want all of the Holy Spirit. I want all of my Father, and I'm just ready. And if we do that, then every single thing in our life, God just, it's just like, man, it's like a floodgate. Do you know, you know that in my own life, after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking other tongues, I got to a place to where I said, you know what? I'm just going to treat God as if he's like my own dad. Do you know that there are times in my own life that I treat God just like, I don't like what you did. <laughs> I remember me and dad, when I was like 12 years old, he got me a job cutting grass. Do you understand what I said? He got me a job. Okay? I didn't want the job. He got me a job. And I looked at him and I said, I don't like what you did. And he was like, but you're going to make money. Well, you know what? God's going to sit there and go, hey, I got some stuff that, that I want you to do. And I go, oh, okay, I'll do it. And then I get in the middle of it and I go, I don't like what you did, God. Why did you do that? And he goes, because you said okay. Do you know that, that we, as Christians, we're constantly needing to talk to God like he's our father. Not like he's somewhere else, but look, God... My father, some people even call him daddy because, hey, I'm so close to him that I talk to him however I want to talk to him, just like I talk to my daddy. And you know what? I respect my dad. My true, my, my father here on, on earth, I respect him. But you know what? If dad's not doing something, I, I'm going to have a conversation with him, go, hey, I don't like that. You know what? I think God wants those conversations with us. God wants us to be as, as open with him as we are with our, with our spouses. And you may be going, heck, I wouldn't want God to be that open with me. Well, guess what? Sometimes we need God to be that open with us. We need him to flat go, I don't like what you're doing. How about that? You know, God tells me that from time to time. I don't like what you're doing. And a lot of times when I've been praying in the Holy Ghost and I've been praying for somebody else because I didn't know what to pray, you know, there's sometimes I end up getting a revelation about myself. Do you know why? Because I let the Holy Spirit pray there and he didn't just pray for that person. He prayed for me. And I got a revelation while I was trying to pray for someone else. I know my in-laws, they can probably tell you a thousand times that happened to them. You know, I find that I receive more from the Holy Spirit when I'm trying to focus myself on someone else. The Holy Spirit says, hey, for good measure, because you're about somebody else's business, I'm going to be about yours. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell God. I'm going to tattle and tell God, hey, we got to do something about this situation. Our boy is down here and, and he's got... He's got a problem. But you know what? He's not focusing on his problem. He's focusing on somebody else's problem. So let's fix his problem while we fix somebody else's problem. How about that? 
God does it to me all the time. You know that the only time that I find that I don't get an answer from God is when I'm asking God for myself for something. Because I'm too tied up in it and already have my own way of thinking about how it should come out. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just another way for us to be able to have that communion with God. So next week, we're going to talk about, we're going to spend the whole time in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues chapter, above all chapters. You go through 1 Corinthians 13, it's all about love, right? It's all about the love of God. But chapter 14 starts going, hey, once you've gotten this right, now we're going to talk about how you can work more in our way in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it gives you, I've got rules down here that you'll see that is inside about how this thing should work. About when you should use certain things like tongues in public, in personal life. So we're going to talk more about that next week. Amen. I hope you've learned something. If, if you want prayer for anything, I'll be here afterwards. I know we've got a fellowship that's coming up, but I'll be down here at the front. But, you know, I actually am, am thinking about doing something. And let me know if you want to do this. But I'm thinking about having a prayer night on Wednesday. I haven't even talked to Heather. She's probably going, oh gosh, I don't want to do a prayer night on Wednesday. But I'm thinking about doing a prayer night on Wednesday because I want to give people the opportunity to be able to come together and pray together as elders. And for us to be able to, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you got time. So if we do it, we only do it for an hour. Seven o'clock on Wednesday. We're going to come here and we're going to do a prayer night. It's not going to be fancy. There's not going to be a whole lot of fanfare. We're going to be playing the music through the computer, so, so not, not a lot there. But if you want to come, you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, or if you just want to pray, then we'll have the doors open for you. We'll do that. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray now, but I also want to give you opportunity then because I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, that if people want this, you're going to get it. And it's not going to be hard. This is not a hard thing. Amen. Everybody bow your head. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray, dear Lord, all the things that I have said today, Father, and through your word, by the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, you just continue to just grow them. Grow these seeds in their heart for those that, that want this gift that you have for them that this is not a salvation issue this is not about some some you know thing that that says that people who are baptized are better christians or any of that kind of stuff but this is just another way to be able to tune in and to be able to tune up in the relationship with you father the father i just pray that you're constantly just growing those seeds and father I know we've got a fellowship today, and I thank you, dear Lord, for that. I just pray, dear Lord, that we come together as a family uh, and that we have great relationships and conversations, Father. And I pray over this food that we're about to receive. May it just nourish our body. 
And Father, I just pray, dear Lord, as we're going out this week, help lead people across our path that we can minister the gospel to, but that we can also help to bind uh, the brokenhearted, Father, and to help lift people up, Father, out of their daily mire and to just show them that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that He can completely and cha totally change every situation for good. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.